He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? We are back once again here on the 73rd hole. And wouldn't you know it, Taylor, yesterday we recorded the uh, recap show for all the golf that took place over the weekend. And about 15 minutes after we got done recording, huge news in the golf world broke and huge news here in the state of Oklahoma broke as Southern Hills was supposed to host the PGA Championship in 2030. And that has been moved up to May of 2022, which means we are just about 16 months from a major championship being hosted just down the road from where we're at in Oklahoma City. And Taylor, I am geeked to have the PGA Championship back in the state of Oklahoma in 2022 instead of 2030, obviously because of the age of guys like Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, some of the older guys who wouldn't be big storylines, uh, of course, nine years from now, but they will be next May. I am, I am over the moon that the PGA decided to award the 2022 PGA Championship to Southern. Yeah, you, me, and I think every other golf fan in the state of Oklahoma feels the same way to get to, to, get to see Southern Hills coming up right after the Gil Hance redesign that, that finished a couple of years ago on one of the already best golf courses in the world. It's going to be a great sight to see. And like you mentioned, being able to have Tiger and Phil, suppose, you know, they should be there barring any um, injuries or any other setbacks, anything like that. And, um, you know, by the time 2030 rolled around, more than likely they, if they were playing, they wouldn't be contending at least. So, yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a sight to see. And I know, I know you and me are going to be first in line whenever tickets are available. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, two years ago, there was an $11 million restoration project led by Gil Hance, and that was a big big deal for uh, for the PGA of America because, you know, the PGA of America, they have their new headquarters being built in Frisco right now. They're, they're building a championship golf course down there that they're going to utilize, and who's leading all of that? That would be none other than Gil Hans. So it was great to have him on the rebuild. And also, Taylor, the PGA of America talked about the fact that Southern is hosting the 2021 Senior PGA Championship. So they already have so so many things that are fundamental to hosting a major championship. So many people already on board. And it's just going to be very easy to transition from this year hosting the Senior PGA to next year hosting the PGA Championship. So Southern had a lot of things working for it. And one thing that's great is, well, Taylor, is that, you know, assuming nothing goes awry between now and then, we should be back to full capacity uh, fans within 16 months, which means that we will get to see Southern, we will get to see a PGA Championship the way it's meant to be seen with people all over the place on the grounds, uh, and I simply cannot wait. A little trivia for you, Taylor. You ready for some Southern Hills trivia? Oh, I'm all about it. All right. Southern Hills has hosted four PGA Championships. Name the four winners at Southern. Go. For Tiger. That was the layup. Let's see. The, the uh, tap Retief in, I guess US, I should US, say. Was that Retief won the U.S. Open, so it wasn't him. Wasn't Retief. Um, was it Raymond Floyd, one of them? Raymond Floyd, 1982. You're halfway there. Okay, who was, uh, gosh dang, who am I forgetting in 94? Um, oh my You've God. got the year right. I nuts. Oh man, I know it. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it. Oh God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick myself when I don't know it. The and, is, um, is the price right, Taylor? Um. Oh God, how am I not getting it? Is, uh, is the Nick yeah, price I, right? I, I don't want to. I don't. 
oh, Nick Price. Yep, that's exactly who it was. <laughs> no, I think he was number one. In, he was number one in the world at the time. And um, what was the other year? Seventy two or something like uh, that. Nineteen seventy. Oh. Long time ago. Putting guru. Oh, oh, um, Stockton. Stockton won there. Dave, Dave Stockton. Stockton. Yep. Dave Stockton, 1970. Raymond Floyd, 1982. Nick Price, 1994. And, of course, Tiger Woods in 2007, whenever he had the brutal lip out that would have given him the first 62 in major championship history. You were there that day, were you not? I was about probably 45 feet away from the scene, from the actual cup when it lipped out. And I, I myself saw the ball disappear, and it popped back out, out, out of the hole. It was... As as a tiger, as biggest tiger fan ever at the time, I was what fourteen years old or something like that, and we all knew that that was for the record. And everyone there, I mean, it was it was it was a heartbreaking scene for a fourteen year old kid to have a lip out like that. It meant more than any lip out I'd ever had at that point in my golf career. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. It was it was brutal to watch Tiger uh, endure that lip out. Now Southern Hills has gone through the redesign. Obviously, uh, the subsurface control it w- was the big thing being able to control uh temperatures of the green subsurface kind of the way they do at augusta national basically the exact way that they do at augusta national but there have been some other changes as well lengthening of some par fives and some other holes i know that they changed i believe what was it, the 10th or 11th hole they've got a creek now running across it so they they have made it more difficult in anticipation of the senior pga this year and then what was in anticipation of the 2030 pga has now been moved up to 2022 so just from what you heard and I know we, we've got a buddy uh, shout out Cody Burrows who works up there uh, at Southern Hills and has for several years has told us some of the redesigns we haven't been up there since they've redesigned it but what do you think uh, people are going to see just kind of your, your first gut instinct this far out that'll be different from what we've seen in the past now that Southern's gone through the redesign yeah well, one thing you mentioned there is they, they've lengthened a lot of holes there and so one thing I know is where of all the par threes can play over 230 yards which is something that if PGA wants to, they can make that to be something very, but you know, I mean, um, any part three over 190 yards is going to be tough, let alone 230. So if they want to have a round where they push all those tee boxes back, it could make for a blistering day, but I don't think they would do that. Um, some of the bigger changes I know of, they made, they made number two, which was already a, um, one of the most hardest part, one of the hardest part fours on the course. They made it into a split fairway hole of some sort. So it'll be interesting to see how that, um, how all that looks. Um, they changed seven, uh, hole number seven. It used to be more of a dogleg right to left. It's now uh, the green's more down to the right, and it's a little bit longer now. And they've kind of changed, uh, done a little bit of shaping with the bunkers and stuff to get them closer to the edge of the green. And so they don't have that kind of perfect circular shape they used to. Um, one other change I know of big is that they put two, uh, two bunkers um, on that are long of 18 now and with how steep 18 is running away from back to front if you hit it long in one of those bunkers you're going to be more than likely either leaving it in the bunker or hitting it down the hill and it's going to roll away from you so I think 18 may end up being a tougher hole than it already was which is which is something to say because it was along with number two one of the harder par fours on the whole course yeah I think so too and you know you might be thinking somebody might be thinking well you know you got those bunkers behind the green that shot comes pretty steeply uphill back toward the clubhouse surely guys aren't going to miss club and go long coming uphill but, but you never know if you get going into a wind there and you know the winds in May in the state of Oklahoma can be highly highly unpredictable predictable they can even start spinning uh in what we call tornadoes 
So that'll be very interesting. You know, August 2007 was a heat wave. It was like 105 degrees every day. And, and I saw golf riders yesterday on Twitter still talking about the miserable experience that it was to be there in August of 2007 because it was so just ungodly hot. Now, the weather could present a different challenge in May. So, I mean, pretty much all we can do there, Taylor, is keep our fingers crossed that we don't have any severe weather um, in Tulsa the week of the PGA Championship. But if we do, uh, I mean, we could get some winds coming off some thunderstorms, and, and depending on where those storms are at, play might not get suspended. So I think the weather, as we get closer to that event next year, will be a big storyline being played in the state of Oklahoma in the month of May. Well, you know, we, we grew up playing high school golf, and obviously our state championship was, you know, first week of May or whatever, but it's right around the same time. I mean, how many horrible weather rounds of golf did we play in around that time? You and I, state I think our junior last, year? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, the, the last 18 got canceled um, on the on the first day. So um, it's supposed to be 36. It got cut down to 18. Yeah, and it was, real quick before you know, we move on from, from that, I, uh, I was playing the state championship that year with a torn meniscus in my left knee. I walked 34 holes the first day. 34 holes of golf I walked and played, and then the thunderstorms came in. We had to call it off, and the second 16 holes that I walked and played on a torn meniscus got wiped out, and I was so, so mad about it. I was beside myself that I did all that for nothing. But anyway, fun story to look back at now, but it wasn't a a ton of fun at the time. No, no, no. (laughs) I remember that because I think we were all playing as individuals, so I was the group in front of you because I, I had played 35 holes and had 17 holes wiped off, which was which was fun. But but nevertheless, yeah, going back to the weather thing, I mean, I, I think one interesting element of it is you see it all the time when tornadoes come around, Colby. You know, the wind the wind can shift really quick. You can have a, a south wind, all of a sudden it's, it's a north wind. And on a course like southern, which is, which is, which is tree-lined anyway, um, it's hard enough to guess what direction the wind's blowing and how hard it is. Now, all of a sudden, if you get the May weather, not only can the temperature drop, which will also dictate distance control, but the winds can, can be swirling. And, you know, I mean, the, the the pun gets made all the time. Oh, the wind blows 10 miles an hour and BJ Tour Pros freak out because they don't know what to do. So, I mean, if we get some 20 to 25 mile an hour winds, even, I mean, we've seen it probably gusts up to 30 or 35. And I think it, it could get to a point to where if the wind blows hard enough, they would either have to, one, make the green slower, or two, they might even not be able to play if the wind gets too fast. Yeah, so fingers crossed we get good weather uh, next spring, but I don't care what the weather is. I I was like a kid on Christmas yesterday whenever it was announced that the PGA would be here next spring. Now, that does mean that the 2030 PGA is open. They have not awarded an additional PGA championship to Southern Hills. They have moved the contract with Southern from 2030 to 2022. Now, Southern absolutely is within its rights to apply for that PGA championship in 2030, but you know, I would just imagine that it will be somewhere else in 2030 since they are awarding it to Southern in 2022. But I tell you what, the, the game of golf is an unbelievable place right now, and, and I'm just thrilled that it is here next spring. So, uh, Taylor, we've got a lot of time to get into that PGA, and, and we'll have just unbelievable coverage for you when the time does come in May of 2022. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the world of golf, everything that's happening right now. And after the break, we'll give you our full breakdown and preview of the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, but, Taylor, there's a 
another great tournament taking place on the European Tour this week with the Dubai Desert Classic. I'll, I'll list off the notables, and then you can kind of tell me who you like and what you think about this field. Tyrrell Hatton trying to back up his week last week at Abu Dhabi. Colin Morikawa uh, has headed across the pond to play this week. And then we've got Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Matt Wallace, Sergio, Paul Casey, Christian Bezaden, who, who was runner-up last year, lost in a playoff to uh, Lucas Herbert, Thomas Peters, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Martin Keimer, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, who's actually a local there in Dubai, Danny Willett in the field this week, in Poulter, Henrik Stinson, Lee Westwood. Just a great field once again, Taylor, on the European Tour. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you look at the actual strength of field number, and you see it's at a 294. I believe that was I believe that was uh, right around where it was last week for the um, – I believe the PJ Tour was a 270 last week. So, you know, it goes to show that the, the field this week in Dubai is technically a little better than what we had last week. Let me see. Yeah, the American Express was a 269. Nice. So, and the uh, Farmers Insurance Open, which we'll get into after the break, has a strength of field at 444. So, I mean, that tournament is just going to be outstanding with the, the amount of great players there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm scrolling through here, Colby, and, you know, you listed off some of the real notables, but even you go down to – there's a lot of guys in between the, the 51 to, to 100 range and even going down into the 120s. And, you know, Colby, we bring it up all the time how important that one being inside the top 50 is. If with the, the strength of field being 290, 294, it looks like first uh, first projected points will get 48 for World Golf Rankings. If one of these guys – in the um, let's say in the 60 to 110 range can get a win that bolts them up to even a greater chance of getting inside that magical top 50 number that we always talk about yeah, no doubt about it. And you look at the odds this week. Tyrrell Hatton is the odds-on favorite at seven to one to back up his win a week ago in Abu Dhabi. And obviously, he's playing unbelievable golf. He's up to number five in the world. He is not the highest-ranked player in the world in this field. That is Colin Morikawa at twelve to one, who's gone over there. And you know, this is an elite tournament over there. This is a tournament that Tiger won back in the day. It's on a great golf course uh, over there. And Tommy Fleetwood played well for a few days last week before it went sideways uh, on Sunday. Matt Wallace has been playing some pretty good golf so if you had to pinpoint a, a winner uh and then somebody else who you think will be right there on the leaderboard give me give me two names that you like this week in dubai well you know you always it's, it's always hard to go with with the guy who who won the week before but hatton's been on such good form and uh, has traditionally played pretty good there so i um I, it would be hard not to pick him uh, we always have we have skill the third ranked highest player in, in that field is matthew fitzpatrick who, who, you know, we talk, we talk a lot of smack on, but I wouldn't surprise me if he had a chance. I think Fleetwood will probably do what he always does, and he'll probably be somewhere there on the extent on Sunday, and then and then falter apart. So, um, I definitely wouldn't bet on him to win. If if I had to pick a, um, if I had to go a winner, and then maybe kind of a darker horse guy to win, I would probably. I don't. More coward traveling all the way over there. I'm not sure how that'll play into effect. And uh, Paul Casey also played this last week. He's the fifth highest ranked player in the world. He's traveling over there. I normally don't like when a guy plays the week before and then travels halfway across the world, essentially, to play another tournament. But um, if I had to go with some Kobe, I'd have to go with the guy who won just last week with Hatton. And then scrolling down, trying to find um, any um, some other guys. Um, guy who I had last week on my draft teams lineup at, um, at Abu Dhabi, Aaron Rice in his 25th there uh, last week and has been playing really well. Like you said, he's a guy who's known for his for his iron covers, but he wouldn't surprise me if he played well. And also one, uh, only a couple spots lower than him on the world golf rankings. Thomas Peters, the guy who's made, um, looks like, let me see here. That is nine out of 10 cuts in a row going all the way back 
to twenty uh, to the middle of last year. So when, those are two guys who wouldn't surprise me if they ended up coming out and got that breakthrough victory like they've been looking for for a while. Aaron Rye won not too long ago, but still, you know, a little bit more validation getting inside that top fifty. Yeah, no doubt. And the, the guy that I would take uh, to win the tournament this week, it's a guy who doesn't play that great in America, but man, he plays great on the European Tour. He hasn't actually won over there in three years, but he's had five runner-up finishes, and one of those in that time is at this event, and that's Matt Wallace. I think he's got a good chance to play some good golf this week. He played pretty well uh, last week in Abu Dhabi. And then Christian Bezadenhut at 22-1, to uh, finished runner-up at this tournament last year in a playoff. Obviously, he's been playing really good golf. You ran him out a ton last year on DraftKings whenever he was at a pretty good price. And if you're going for a, a dark horse, a long shot, how about Jason Scrivener? Is 66-1 to this week, coming off his runner-up finish last week uh, in Abu Dhabi, and he fired the Sunday 66, matching the round of the day that Tyrrell Hatton shot, got himself all the way up into a solo second, one better than Rory. So Jason Scrivener, uh, a long shot and a dark horse to look at this week for me on the European Tour at the Dubai Desert Classic. Taylor, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Uh, you, you got anything else uh, sorry, on sorry. Dubai? One, Go ahead. Yeah, I got. Yeah, one more guy I, w- I want to throw out there. I, I was scrolling through uh, last year's leaderboard. He finished eighth there last year, um, and has been playing really well. Finished sixteenth last week. I had him in my DraftKings lineup, and hasn't finished outside the top twenty-three in his last five events. I think Robert McIntyre has a good chance to play well. Lefty from um, gosh, dang, what country flag is that? I think. Uh, nevertheless, uh, he's he's from Europe. Nevertheless, and he's fifty-second in the world, so he's right on that cusp of getting into the top 50. So he's another guy who wouldn't surprise me if he played one. Yeah, no doubt about it. Robert, Robert McIntyre has been playing uh, some pretty good golf. Let me see here. I bet I can find where Robert McIntyre is from. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Robert McIntyre is from Countries Unknown. We will give it to you after the break. We'll also give you our full Farmers Insurance Open preview. Everybody stay with us here on the 73rd Hole. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Still with you on a Tuesday, Colby Powell and Taylor Williams. Check us out, the73rdhole.com, where you can always immediately find the links whenever we get done recording. And we also put them out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search 73rd Hole, and you will find us. By the way, uh, Taylor, we, we got to get better at our flags. That is the Scottish flag. Uh, Robert McIntyre from Scotland. So don't know how that translates to him playing well in Dubai, but tidy up that a little bit. He is from Scotland, so... Yeah, we we like to we like to make sure that we're yeah we, we want to make sure that we know you know get it correct and I think more important thing is you know what what side of the Ryder Cup team would he play on if he was and we know what side he was and that would be the enemy. Uh, that would be the side that usually wins it, unfortunately. So exactly, yeah, especially the last since the twenty uh, first century. 
Uh, no doubt about it. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and drive, dive right into our Farmers Insurance Open preview. Obviously, this tournament played at Torrey Pines. You play the North Course uh, and the South Course Thursday and Friday. The South Course about 400 yards longer than the North Course, both par 72. What I find interesting, Taylor, is that, uh, and let me go to the 73rd hole.com just to make sure um, that I've got this all right. So, obviously, the, the South Course is a little bit longer. It measures 7,698 yards compared to 72.58 on the north course, yet both are par 72s. But what I wanted to look at, and I just want to double-check this to make sure I'm right, is the greens at Torrey Pine South, of course, are POA, but the greens at Torrey Pine North are bent. And I I guess I never really realized that uh, until I saw somebody put it out yesterday. That's a pretty interesting discrepancy uh, whenever you look at those two courses that guys will be playing on back-to-back days. and something I've never really thought about, but I think this year I might pay just a little bit closer attention to maybe just those subtle differences in the greens. Yeah, and I remember it was a couple years ago now, Torrey went through, or Torrey North, went through a uh, some sort of renovation of sorts and um because uh you know it always had the reputation of people would go out and shoot four shots lower on the north course than they would on the definitely in comparison to the course that that the other course that they were playing and um but so they were able to make some redesigns and make that course a little bit um a little bit tougher which you've seen the scoring averages definitely start to level out um, really ever since that redesign. So that's good. And um, I was unaware of that green situation as well, Colby. And that's got to be, that's got to be something that's weird. And, you know, in all honesty, I think that that, in my opinion, would, because you can go two different ways. One is that, actually, no, I, I'm going to go with my second point. I, I think, I think it's definitely going to be better for the guys that play the North course first and are on Thursday or then are able to play the South course on, um, on Friday and then proceed that into the weekend, because I don't think it's very beneficial to go from playing, uh, go from the POA greens, then go to the bench, then play the weekend on two POA. If you're able to go from one round on the bench and you can actually go out and post a low number, get out to a good start, which we always talk about around, um, the start of everything is the most important, go out and get you, um, a kind of a lower risk number on the North, um, go ahead and get the different type of greens out of the way then go three straight rounds into the POA. So I think that'll be something to look at for, um, for you know, exactly who's scheduled on what course and what day, because I think that could play a part in who ends up winning the tournament. Yeah, and also tee times, you know, you want to play on POA in the morning. So if you get a morning tee time on the north course, afternoon tee time on the south course, that could be a disadvantage. Now, the tee times are not nearly as staggered when they use two courses. We saw it last week at the American Express because they've got two courses that they can use. So they don't have to stagger the tee times as much because they can put half the field on one course, half the field on another. But kind of something to check out the first couple days of the event. Taylor, let's go ahead and head on to DraftKings. Uh, By the way, defending champion Mark Leishman last year when everything was normal and there were fans at Farmers. It was a great win for the Australian. Aussies have had some success here. Jason Day, two-time champion. Mark Leishman won it last year. Adam Scott's played here once. It was two years ago in 2019. He finished runner-up. So uh, Aussies have performed pretty well at Torrey Pines. Taylor, let's go ahead and start on DraftKings. Why don't you give me your cheapest option and then we will proceed with our usual snake draft on DraftKings. Yeah, so I've gotten uh, I got a really unique lineup today, Colby. I've got what they call a straight flush. I don't think I've I've ever had this in a DraftKings lineup. I have five guys within four hundred dollars of each other. Whoa! It is um it is yeah it is it is fairly uh fairly me uh medium tiered lineup with uh, with one top heavy guy. Uh, so it's very interesting. My cheapest guy guy I had last week 
kind of let me down. Missed the cut was my only missed cut in my lineup. But but I mean, Colby has. I mean, I, I want to make sure I get this right. Has not missed a cut at this tournament, at least going back to 2008. And that's Charles Halliburton. I, I know I know he missed cut last week. He let me down. I've been playing really well up until then. But just going back, reading all semi stars. Didn't play here last year, but uh, 2019 finished 20th, uh, 2018 6th, 2017 2nd, going back 16th, 5th, 37th, 9th, 43rd, 14th, and, and then another 9th back in 2010. So it's a guy who definitely likes likes the scenery out there at Corey. So for, for 7,500 and the way I built my lineup, I'm going to go ahead and ride on it and hope that, uh, that a cut-making machine like Charles Hell doesn't miss two cuts in a row. Yeah, so you've got five guys between seventy five hundred and seventy nine hundred. I'm I am like fascinated to see the rest of your lineup now. Mine is a much more traditional lineup with some cheap, some middle, uh, and some top end. And I'm going to start at sixty six hundred uh, with a guy who I think that once he can get more tournaments under his belt, will get full status. Uh, he's a guy who's played. I think he played four PGA Tour events last year. Finished in the top thirty five in three of them. He is he played his college golf out in California at Stanford at. 6,600, I'm going to run out Justin Suh and, and hope that he has a good week this week. I, I just think that he is uh, opportunities away from being a full PGA Tour member. He's a really good young player, so I'm going to run out Justin Suh at 6,600. And then my next cheapest guy... Uh, 6,600, okay. Yeah, 6,600. And then my next cheapest guy, I'm going to go to 6,800. So I'm staying pretty cheap with this one. A bomber who's made uh, three cuts in a row here at Torrey, a 12th, a 36th, and a 40th place finish. He did make the cut last week and finished 21st at the American Express. It, it's very much a hit or miss pick. And that's the bomber Luke List. Luke List can burn you. Luke List can have some high finishes. But at 6,800 for a guy who's made the cut three years in a row here and finally last week showed a little bit of form, I think I'm pretty getting pretty good value there, uh, which allows me to do some other things higher up in my lineup. Yeah, yeah, you got two, two cheap guys there who if they can get you to the weekend, if you, if you build around your top-heavy lineup well, I think you have uh, have a good chance. Um, one thing one thing to note about, about Torrey, especially the South Course, it is – I mean, it is a ball striker's paradise. You have to, to succeed up there. Like you said, it's 7,600 yards. It's at sea level. Um, the rough is not short by any stretch of the imagination. So not only are you going to have to hit drives good and in the fairway, you have to, you're going to have to hit long iron shots into the green. So if you're, if you're short and crooked, you're not going to have a chance at Torrey. So I think that this is one of those courses, I mean, you, you see it in a U.S. Open or a tougher courses like that where – some guys are just essentially eliminated at the start just because of the course setup. And, and, and it's, it's going to be cold, too. And that, and that plays a factor because so, I mean, you're looking at just say a standard 10% decrease in distance already. And, you know, for people, most of us are in Oklahoma, that's going to drop off even more going closer to sea level out in, um, out in San Diego. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, uh, excuse me, uh, de- definitely going to be a bomber's paradise, which is what I've got going in my lineup. So my, uh, my next guy, like I said, so there's not much discrepancy in the prices. So I went from 7,500 and Charles Howe. Next one is 7,600. And that's for in the show, Taylor Gooch. Um, finished 21st last week at the American Express, um, has played Tory three times now. Um, uh, finished last year, finished 36, uh, had a third finish back in 2019, um, right before he got injured and then, uh, made the cut back in 2018, kind of when he was just getting his feet wet. And when we had him on the show, Kobe, he mentioned how much he liked Tory and one, was one of his favorite courses. So I think that he's going to end up having some really good success out there and everything that we mentioned. Um, especially with the iron play. I think it really suits his game, and I expect him to play well. And then, so like I said, not much discrepancy in price. Next most expensive, um, 7700 That's Corey Connors, another bo- uh, ball-striking guy. 
um, looking back on it here, Colby, um, has fin- has not finished outside the top 24 in his last five starts and um, has only played Tory has only played here once, finished 29th back in 2018. So for a guy who's been playing that well, um, hasn't missed a cut um, in his only one appearance here and is fits the definition of the script of uh, ball striking and able to hit the shots uh, necessary to to compete and win the tournament uh, for 7,700. I think he's a, he's a bargain. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I thought I remembered hearing Taylor Gooch say on a podcast somewhere that he loves Torrey Pines, and it's one of his favorite courses in the world. Oh, yeah, that was ours. So uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend it. I like that pick. I really wanted to get Gooch into my lineup. He's just, you know, he's starting to become more recognized for the talent that he is, so I can't get him at that 7,000 number that I was getting him at for so long, so I couldn't fit him in this week at 7,600. 7,900, though, I'm going with a guy that you were on last week. Um, Hell, you're probably on him this week based on what you said about your lineup. Finished third last week. He's played here three times. He's made the cut three times. His best finish in those three is 36th, but he's a better player now than he was then. Hits it a long way. Really good ball striker. Was... uh, top four last week in both strokes gained tee to green and strokes gained approaching the green and that's Cameron Davis uh, the tall lanky Aussie at 7,900 he is the third cheapest option in my lineup this week and you know I like the Aussies Taylor what can I say I like the Aussies so I'm sticking with a guy who I mentioned earlier in Adam Scott who's played here once and he finished runner up a couple of years ago Adam Scott is a ball striker. Adam Scott's a veteran. Uh, Adam Scott should know what to do this week at Torrey. So Cameron Davis and Adam Scott, I've got two Aussies right sandwiched in the middle of my lineup. Yeah, definitely. Definitely like both of those picks. I think I think Adam Scott will get to the weekend. And um, for seven, uh, my next pick, Colby, is, uh, is a guy who we talked about on, on our uh, um, recap show uh, yesterday, and that's Gary Woodland at 7,800. Talked about how he's finally pain free. Almost felt like crying because he felt as, as feeling as good as he is. And um, uh, what he finished, I believe, sixteenth last week. And um, this is a guy who, besides his missed cut last um, last year at this event, Colby, going back from twenty nineteen to twenty thirteen, had not missed a cut here. So just list off some of his finishes: ninth, twelfth, twentieth, eighteenth, forty fifth, tenth, twenty seventh. So I see a lot of a uh, lot of top twenty finishes in there. And um, guy who's finally starting to feel a little bit better. Showed some form last week. Finally, saying how good he's feeling. I, I, I think uh, I think he's going to have a really good week. And uh, my next pick, seventy nine hundred. You already talked about him. Said everything I would. So I don't even have to reiterate. Anyone who wants to hear it, just rewind forty five seconds, and you hear everything you need to say. Cameron Davis, seventy nine hundred. Yeah, Cameron Davis. I think a lot of people might be on him this week, but that's still not necessarily a bad thing because I think he has a good week. And Gary Woodland, like you said, he's played here eleven times. He's made the cut ten. The only time he did it was last year, and we know that he was dealing uh, with some injury issues after he kind of elaborated on that after his finish at the American Express last week. So I've got two picks remaining and I I really debated because I had some money to spend here at the top and that's kind of what I wanted to do and and I'm going with a guy who you know he'll he'll burn you he'll burn you occasionally but man does he like Torrey Pines he's played here let's going back to 2008 he's played here six times only missed the cut once and he has three top seven finishes including a win back in 2011 and a sixth place finish a year ago and that's Bubba Watson 
Bubba, you're always taking a risk when you roster Bubba, but it's a risk I'm willing to take in California. Obviously, we know what he's done at Riviera. He's he's kind of a horse-for-course guy. If he doesn't like the, the course, he might as well not even tee it up that week. Well, he likes Torrey Pines, uh, so I like my chances with Bubba this week. And speaking of horses-for-courses, Taylor, is it any good to play an event four times and finish first, 29th, 5th, and 2nd? Is that any good? Uh-huh. Gosh, dang it, Colby! You took my next player. God, I mean, at least you're going to send me. At least you're going to send me some breath. Well, but here's my logic. So John Rum, obviously, he's got the new equipment that he used in Hawaii. Finished seventh down at the Century, but also he withdrew last week from the American Express, saying that he tweaked his back and didn't want to risk further injury. I'm not worried about that at all. I think if he was worried about it, he wouldn't tee it up this week. So if he's out there, I'm going to assume that he's healthy and he's going to be playing well. So I'm thinking maybe because of the new equipment and the tweaking of the back. Just maybe his ownership will be a little bit lower than it would be in a, a normal year at Tory. But I, I mean, it sounds like we're both on him at eleven thousand three hundred. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I will. I'm kind of like you said, but those are a few factors there that I think will limit his roster ship, especially in one and done pools. And um, I, um, I definitely don't know if with with it being a four forty strength of field and with those things that you mentioned, the new equipment, uh, potential back tweak. Who knows how how legit it was or how, how strenuous the strain was. I'm not sure if I would bet him to win, but as far as we're talking about a guy who's going to get to the cut and, you know, um, I, um, not necessarily a surefire bet, but you look at some of the other top guys, Colby, even a guy like Xander Schauffele, who's, who's the second highest player in the world in the field, has been playing really well, has missed three or four cuts here at, uh, at Torrey. And for a guy who grew up in California, to do that isn't the best sign. And then next bet, next other guy's Rory. He's finished fifth and third here the last two years, but, I mentioned it. I'm um, talking about the uh, Dubai Desert Classic guys that travel across the pond, going from um, different. I mean, essentially halfway across the world, and um, and, it's, and then playing another tournament in three days is can be excruciating. And who knows how you'll come back? And uh, and like we said, Rory gets there on Sunday and just all of a sudden collapses, just like Fleetwood and um, and the guy who I'm going to end up eventually picking in the one and done. And once we get to it in a second, but um, but yeah, I just um, it's it, it's going to be hard for me to bet on anyone to win this week, Kobe. I think it'll be um, I think it'll be someone who's not in that top ten range of players. I think one of these more kind of I think one of the I'm not going to say one of the guys that I picked in the the upper seven thousand range will win. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but I think one of those tier of players, like maybe even this is when Gooch breaks out, or or maybe Corey Connors gets that win, or even. Listen off some other names. Uh, Siwoo Kim won last week. I wouldn't expect him to win. Who, who knows? Jason Day may come back. He's played really well at this course before. So I, I think it's a real open course. I wouldn't bet him to win. But as far as DraftKings goes, I think he's about as surefire as it gets. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm running him out and hoping that not a ton of people do. I agree with you. I'm not running him out in the one and done this week, coming off the slight back tweaking with the new equipment, especially considering the fact that he loves this golf course. And Tyler, I don't know if you know this or not, but they're going to play the U.S. Open here this summer. And the U.S. Open has just a a pretty decent-sized purse, you know, if you're into those sort of things in your one and done pools. Yeah, yeah, if you're into cash, yeah. Yeah, if you're into cash, then, uh, yeah, I would recommend saving him for the one-and-done pool. So both running out rum at the top. And, uh, Tyler, I know we were texting earlier. Apparently this is the overlap week, so I'll just let you take the lead, and you can tell the people who we are running out in the one-and-done pool. Yeah, it's essentially the kiss of death. And, you know, in all honesty, I'm not sure the guy that we're picking needs any more kisses of death with um, with what happens to him on Sundays. Um, You know, fairly fascinating. I I sent an article last night that tried to you that that showed some numbers saying that Finau doesn't necessarily 
I just kind of gave who we're picking there. He doesn't choke on Sundays per se, but he doesn't play great golf. He just plays medium level golf on Sundays, and that's not allowing him to get to to that peak. But but Tony Finau, I'm speaking of, if didn't, didn't catch that just a second ago, finished fourth last week at at the American Express. I told I told my dad on 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 Saturday this past Saturday I was going to pick him. I picked him at this tournament the last two years in our one and done. I'm um, finished sixth and thirteenth when I picked him before. I'm going back to finish sixth, fourth, and 18th and 24th. So worst finish is 24th at this tournament. Obviously loves this course. And, um, you know, sometimes you'd be, you'd be a little hesitant to pick the guy who faltered on Sunday for the previous tournament. But I think that – I just think he's going to be motivated. And I don't know if he'll necessarily – this will be the time that he breaks out. But I would be surprised if he's not at least within the top 15 when it comes uh, when it comes Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing a Tony Finau top 10. I will say I would be surprised if Tony Finau did not top 10 this week. It's just th- the best club in his bag is the driver. And you get to Torrey South, I mean, it's 7,700 yards. I'm looking at the weather right here, and it's going to be in the 50s most of the week. Might creep uh, into the low 60s on Sunday. Who knows what the wind does out there on the coast. Uh, I mean, you're really going to need to hit the ball well, and you're really going to need to hit the driver well. And that's what Tony Finau does, and that's probably why he plays this course uh, so well. Like you said, his finishes here speak for themselves. A couple of sixth-place finishes, a fourth-place finish back in 2017, 13th uh, a year ago, and he's on form. I I know that he didn't win the event last week. Shot 68 on Sunday, a couple late birdies once it was pretty much out of reach for him to win the tournament. But still, a Sunday 68 on a par 72 golf course. I'm not worried about him coming in and, uh, you know, just ruining the fact that that he didn't win the tournament last week. If there's anybody who's used to kind of having disappointing top five finishes and then kind of having to go out and bounce back, it's Tony Finau. It's all he does. It's all he does is have, you know, high finishes, have to hear about the fact that he didn't win and then go out and do it again the next week. So I'm going to run out Finau this week as well. So if you want to, proceed with caution with Taylor and I both running him out. Finau's 20 to one to win this week. I'll say this. I love him in a one and done pool. I don't love him at 20 to one to win. No, no, I, I definitely wouldn't bet him to win. I, you, you, I'm going to see that first victory come first before I decide on any, um, laying any man. I know he's won the opposite field event, whatever it may be, but we need a little bit more validation and, you know, going, uh, you know, look at the site wide picks on the one and done just to kind of validate the Finau pick according to, the site that we use, Colby, 26% of people are picking the now the, um, and no one else is above 10% ownership. So that would definitely lead to if he actually does kind of come up and get that victory, you want to, uh, you want to be riding that coat trails. And then to list off some of the names right below him, Colby, um, Leishman, this guy won here last year. We, we don't pick guys that, that win the, uh, normally the year before. You did last week with Andrew Landry, who was a lot better than my Scottish Scheffler pick. So, I mean, there's times where it can work free and cash, but those people normally don't win the tournament. Um, now, uh, third most ownership, John Rahm. We just mentioned why we wouldn't take him. Fourth most ownership, Jason Day. I mentioned he's played well here, but he could withdraw at any moment. So I, I would probably stay away from that in a one-and-done DraftKings um, risk it for the biscuit if you want. But the fifth most ownership guy, and this is a guy I thought about, Colby. I, I ran coattails all last year, and you made fun of me because he wins when I don't pick him. Harry Inglis has only missed one cut here out of, uh, looks like, nine appearances going back to uh, 2012. And we know that he's playing the best golf of his career right now. So it would not surprise me if old Harry Inglis had himself a good week. Yeah, he's playing arguably the best golf of anyone in the world right now. Harris English with the fall that he had and then really kind of solidifying it with that win at Century a few weeks ago. So uh, should be a great event this week at Farmers. If I'm looking at the betting odds, looking for best bets, there's – 
several that I like on the board. Now, the guys at the very top, I'm probably staying away from. You know, like Xander's 12 to 1 and just doesn't play the golf course well. Rory's 8 to 1, Rom's 7 to 1. I don't feel like I'm getting good enough value there on those guys. But Adam Scott is 33 to 1. I think that's a pretty decent play with the value you're getting there. Bubba is a horse for a course. He's 40 to 1. Uh, and then a the guy you've got in your lineup, Gary Woodland's 50 to 1. Corey Connors, like you said, is 66 to 1. And then there's a couple guys at 100 to 1. Uh, Taylor Gooch is one. Luke List is one. But here's a guy that we have not mentioned yet. He's a long hitter. He, he drastically increased his driving distance. He contended at the Masters back in November. And that's Dylan Fratelli at 100-1, to 1, looking to kind of get his breakthrough as well and get himself into the winner's circle in a big event. And, and this could, could potentially be it with him standing up, being able to hit it a long way on Torrey South. So uh, there's kind of some guys with some value uh, as far as the best bets go. But I, I don't know. I'm not real confident, so I probably um, won't, even, won't even wager a full unit this week. I'll maybe sprinkle a little bit on a couple of guys in that 40, 33 to 66 range, somewhere in there. Maybe put uh, 10 on Adam Scott, 10 on Bubba, 10 on Corey Connors. Might go that route, but if you're looking for some long shots, uh, throw a few out there for you, but uh, Taylor, the TV schedules this week in the game of golf, if you want to watch the Farmers, it'll be on Thursday starting at 2 o'clock our time uh, here in Oklahoma on Golf Channel. Same thing on Friday and the Saturday and Sunday. It'll fire up at noon, and then of course the European Tour will be on Golf Channel overnight. Any night if you want to watch that, it'll be going off about 6 30 or 7 o'clock our time here in the state of Oklahoma so should be another great week of golf yes I think it's going to be and um, I'll throw out I'll throw out one more dark horse uh, for the um, for Tory um I, not not necessarily a guy that I would pick to win the event Colby but definitely a cheap DraftKings lineup play that I think would be good at 6500 guy that that we've uh, that I've played with and you uh, that we both met you kind of for me and just probably the longest hitter maybe one of the longest hitters in the world and that's Brandon Hagee. He finished 21st last week. I wouldn't surprise me if he was able to get to the weekend. He's made two or four cuts here, and it looks like he's finally starting to get a little bit of form. For a guy who hits it as far as he does, he's got to start getting it figured out at some point. And I think he may have um, being a California boy himself. Yeah, no doubt about it. And yeah, the uh, whenever I caddy for you, we were in the same group as Hagee. It's the only guy you ever played with, and I probably caddy for you 50 times. It's the only guy you ever played with that we were pulling out the rangefinder and we were lasering him to see how much further in front of us he was when you would both hit drivers because it was just it was amazing to watch. It sounded different. It looked different. It landed different. It was different. It was way way out there. So, I mean, that length, Torrey South, 7,700 yards, chilly conditions. If he hits it straight, I think that's a, a pretty pretty decent pick you've got there, Taylor. I, I actually considered him for DraftKings and decided to go 100 more expensive with Suh just because of the lack of consistency from Hagee. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely a little inconsistent. But but like we saw at, um, at National, Colby, I mean, if you hit it that far, you turn holes that like I was hitting six iron too. He's hitting sand wedge in. So you turn a a tough hole into a birdie hole just because of your length if you hit the fairway. So if he's able to do that and start using that to his advantage properly, like like he did whenever I put like uh, when we played with him, I um, I think it'll be um, be his time to shine. And um, like I said, I don't think this is this is a guy he picked to win. I mean, if you if you want to throw five or ten bucks on, because I'm sure he's got um, some pretty high odds. I mean, you might you could go for it because. Him with how much talent he has, he could break through at any point. Um, but I definitely think he's a great uh, DraftKings play for his prices. Yep, down all the way at sixty five hundred. Did we miss anything, Taylor? We got it covered today. Uh, I, I'm sure we have. I'm sure, kind of like our last show, um, we we get done and ten minutes later, the news breaks that Southern's getting 
the PJ Championship. So I'm sure as soon as we hit the uh, the end button, the uh, the biggest news in golf history will come out. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, all right, good stuff. Taylor, we will do it again next week. We'll recap everything that takes place this week in the game of golf. Enjoy the Dubai Desert Classic and the Farmers Insurance Open this week, everybody. And thanks again for listening to the 73rd Hole.